Now, welcome to the Embark mini-pod, brought to you by Embark Group, as we take a snapshot look at some of the finer topics from across the industry. Now, we're going to be talking again about some of the key insights from the findings of the latest Embark Investor Confidence Barometer. And today, we're talking about clients being very happy, happier than ever, it seems. Have the advisors cracked it? Have they got it all right? And joining me to talk about all that is Jamie Druitt, Group Head of Distribution at Embark Group. Jamie, welcome and thanks very much for being with us. Now, I mean, looking through this, it's obviously a good read in the sense, my gosh, our clients are really happy. I mean, some of the stats are, are fascinating. Record number of clients happy with their financial advisor. Uh, only nine, that's 4% of 250 advised consumers said they were dissatisfied with the advice that they received in the last 12 months. 85%. So they were satisfied. Thirty-eight percent very satisfied. Um, all good news, Jamie. I mean, and we we've had a pandemic. Why is this the case? Yeah. Good morning. Uh, thanks, Roger, and uh, and good to be here. It's um it's great news, and I think it goes to show the value of advice and taking uh, advice over longer periods. Um, I mean, you you touched on the pandemic there, and I do. My personal opinion is that the pandemic has really enhanced the way that advisors can engage with their clients. I mean, you know, who'd have known before the pandemic that advisors would be dealing with their clients remotely over things like Teams uh, and Google. You know, it just it just wouldn't have been seen. So I think that digital acceleration of engagement with clients um, has certainly come about and, and been a good thing of the, of the pandemic. Uh, you know, a lot of the advisors that I talk to are now speaking to more clients, doing more reviews. Um, over the remote basis, but as and when they need to, getting back out to face-to-face, because I think at the end of the day, it's still a people business uh, and clients still like to see their advisors face-to-face. And I guess, you know, the the, the 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 reason clients could be a lot more happier as well is that, you know, the last couple of years haven't been too bad in terms of performance. Um, so I, I think that will, will add to it as well. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, because, I mean, there were grave fears, of course, during the whole pandemic period about how the economy would would tank and i suppose we're probably in a period where people are worried about that again for different reasons now but is there a sense that anxiety then perhaps makes people uh happier to get the advice trust the advice more is it that kind of thing i think yeah your, your point there the trusted advice piece so you know i think there was there was a study back in 2013 by accenture around customer 3.0 you know, customer 3.0 is firmly embedded now in the market, I believe, as, as, as in the retail market. Um, and I think they, they referred to the consumer being a sharing experience. And I think clients are now able to share more with information with their friends, with their employers. And in terms of that trust they're trying to create with advisors, um, I just think it's getting better and better. The other point I think I come to is that I think technology and integration has really started to help advisors create the trust that they need to. Um, you know, we've really, everybody's really had to up the game. We've got the, the consumer duty that's going to be coming in um, in July as well, where, you know, the FCA are talking about, again, a shift in, uh, in behaviours of how we engage with clients and consumers. And I think the more that advisors can use technology and integration to, to demonstrate the value that they can create um, for their clients, then I think the, I think that trust will improve just more and more and more over the coming years. Yeah, because it's interesting you mentioned about the, I suppose, technology involved in communicating remotely to your your clients as well. And some people might think that's a distancing thing, but doesn't seem to be, does it? 
No, it really hasn't. I mean, uh, we, we we seem to have got an awful lot closer. I know just to just dealing with with my advisor personally, you know, we're in contact more regularly, albeit over email, over Teams. I don't think you need to do that face to face all the time, albeit, as I said, you know, when things start to to get to certain trigger points and life trigger points, then it is always good to be there in person. And it's interesting, the nature of the satisfaction, what they are most satisfied in. I mean, let's pull this out of the uh, out of the barometer. Since appointing an advisor, clients rate their ability to understand their needs above the strength of their retirement advice or investment recommendations. And that is interesting. I mean, advisors performing in every category, but particularly this thing of understanding and communication. What do you make yeah. of it? Well, so I, I, I was thinking about this when I was when I was reading the, the the barometer, and I think that's always been the case in my view, Roger. You know, it's a, it's around an advisor taking what is a really complex world for clients and putting it into simple terms. And I think I go back to I think tools and technology have enabled them to pull together all of those pieces of information. You know, knowing your client and actually putting that into a simple report that defines what the client is looking for you know it's, it's simple objective based planning and and certainly from the advisors that i've been talking to there is more i think a move towards overall financial planning rather than just giving advice and, and again, i think that's the shift we've seen over the last few years where the engagement is there on pure financial planning yeah because i was going to pick up on the planning point people i guess in the context of everything we've been through and are going through, I suppose, uh, planning does seem to be more in focus, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think, you know, so I think clients are becoming more educated. You know, go back to what I said earlier about customer 3.0, that shared experience. They're taking information from various different channels these days, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's on the TV, whether it's in their employers. You know, they're receiving an awful lot more of information. Um, and they're using the generations to sort of take views on what that information means. And I think clients are starting to become more and more confident um, in, in what their advisors are telling them. I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see where we go with the barometer next time. You know, we're in a very, very difficult geopolitical environment. Um, and I hope that the the confidence remains through these difficult periods because it does show that the communication from advisors to clients is really starting to improve. And I go back to, I think that's a number of things, um, the technology, you know, the reports and tools that are now available to advisors across the market. Okay, well, we talked there about the clients and obviously that's the key thing coming out of this, but what about the advisors? Because this was the really surprising thing, I think, in the barometer suggestion that advisor confidence wasn't on the same kind of uh, trajectory at all. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting one. And I think, you know, I think advisors are obviously going through um, a lot of pressure at the moment in terms of the regulator. If you think about they've got rising professional indemnity costs, they've got rising, you know, regulator um, levies, MIFID compliance has come in. You know, the advisor world, whilst they're making it more and more simple for clients, you know, it has become more complex in terms of the advisor and what they need to do on a daily basis just to try and write um, the business and give that financial planning to the clients that we've spoken about. And I think, you know, as I said, that's only going to get um, a, a more and more in depth. We've talked about consumer duties already, and I think that's where advisors will need to link in with partners who can help and support them 
in terms of the tools they provide to achieve those consumer duty responsibilities. So, you know, everything's getting squeezed. Um, you know, we're all feeling an awful lot harder in terms of the cost of living. Uh, advisors will be no different and the, the fees are getting squeezed across the value chain. So I would imagine with the, the client confidence comes a conversation around, well, what am I actually paying for? And this is where I think advisors and advisory firms will need to look for efficiencies within the business, becoming more integrated, using more of the tools that are being evolved to help and support them with them. Yeah, because I mean, it really stood out for me in the, in the barometer. I mean, this thing about profitability, um, the the confidence in remaining profitable is declining. 61% of advisors only were confident in their ability to continue to charge enough. And that had been 80% in the previous one. Uh, and 81% of advisors previously confident of the future of the advice market dropping to 69%. I mean, isn't it going to be a real tough call for advisors who are themselves feeling the pinch, clearly, um, to, to seem confident perhaps when they speak to the clients which is a key part of their skill yeah absolutely and i I think you look you know the advisory market is thriving we know it's thriving um the m a um, activity in the market has been quite high and from a number of advisors that i'm talking to you know they've never been busier they've never been more profitable but i think it's those advisors who haven't quite adopted the level of technology and integration that I've spoken about previously that really need to take those step forwards now to drive the efficiencies to enable them to give advice um, to their clients. I mean, God forbid, we don't want an even greater uh, advice gap. So I think things like, you know, self-serve and robo-advice will start to come in um, into advisory businesses as well. And it's how they can give the you know, advice across the whole of the financial planning spectrum. And again, you know, going to another part of the barometer, we talk about you know the, the the trillions of pounds that will be passing back through to generations, and it's how do advisors start to get into those beneficiaries and the gener- generations as well, maybe to start to cross subsidise in terms of the advice they're giving to clients. Because I think there was a study that said around sixty seven percent of beneficiaries um, sat their advisor, and so I think for advisors to get in with their clients across the generations really really important so you know we want more advisors in the business not less um so let, let's hope that um, with integration advisor businesses can become profitable um, and support each other in the community so we're seeing some great stuff in the community where advisors are helping you know maybe smaller advisors joining their business and i think you know to see younger advisors coming through as well um, just goes to show that this this advisory community can survive. But it's it's hard at the moment, you know, the increase in regulatory fees that we've talked about. Um, and, and I just hope that we as providers can help and support um, you know, with the integration and technology um, to help with the with the costs. Yeah. And one of the things that really stood out in, in the midst of all this was weirdly the gender difference, because male advisors less optimistic on on both the ones that, that they measured and and confidence meant for example amongst men in their ability to continue to charge enough uh 53 percent uh, 31 percent neutral i mean and very different with female advisors 75 percent 11 percent neutral what's going on there yeah and so I, it's just it's just it's a very interesting start i think the first thing to say it's good to see that there are more and more women advisors uh, around and in businesses and I think those diverse views across advisory businesses can really make those businesses thrive so it's great to see more and more women starting to come in and I guess feel more confident in terms of uh, the charges they can make but also in terms of 
um, how the explanation around ESG and incorporating, incorporating ESG into investments, which was also within the barometer. Why are men less confident? I mean, perhaps they aren't seeing the value at the moment in what they're offering. You know, go back to, I think the value that advisors can give, whether that's male or female, is around financial planning. You know, it's trying to get away from delivering fund performance. We see an awful lot more of advisors outsourcing those types of decisions. And it's sticking to, you know, true financial planning, giving better tax advice, building cash flow plans, delivering objective-based um, advice that I think you can then start to say, actually, no, I can charge what I'm charging, whether that's more or less. But at the end of the day, it's got to be value for many, Roger. But I think men perhaps maybe um, are, are just feeling it a little bit more in terms of those regulatory costs. Perhaps the women advisors that are coming into um, into the profession are actually a little bit younger with that you know, with that younger age comes more confidence. You know, I haven't got the all of the detail below it, but it's it's great to see that women are confident um, uh, in, in terms of the charges and the and the value for money that they're given. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as you say, it may underline the fact that more women, younger women, coming into the industry, and that has to be a good thing. So perhaps there's a good right. side to this. Um, but I suppose, I mean, as we just look at it, then with all that we've learned from this survey about that key issue of confidence, what do you think are the key lessons to take away? I mean, you know, advice to the advisors as well as advice to the clients. Well, so I think from looking at what um, the barometer has given us in terms of information, I think it, communication is absolutely key, Roger. You know, we've seen the increase in the way that uh, advisors communicate with their clients more remotely now, um, using the technology that's available. I think using a lot of the tools that can make this complex world very, very simple will demonstrate the value that they can add to their clients. And I think those are the things for me, for advisors to concentrate on. And given that we're going through a very turbulent period, we've been through one, we're going through another. I mean, the value of advice, I mean, advisors have to be confident in their ability to deliver what the clients need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, spot in. And, and you know, I think in terms of understanding those needs, that was the top, um, you know, the top satisfaction. Um, the more and more advisors can do that, the better. I think one of the other areas is retirement advice. You know, people are starting to live longer. And I think it's how advisors can help uh, clients through that deaccumulation stage, which is going to last an awful lot longer these days. So I think in, in, in embracing tools that can help them through that deaccumulation period is also going to be important as well. And, and briefly, in terms of the cost, which we identified as one of the key issues, regulations, costs, no sign of any of that easing up, I guess. Unfortunately, not. No, I can't. I can't see it. And um, you know how. What, I think what we're starting to see is advisors making decisions. Roger, you know there are some who are starting to say, actually, no, I'm I'm going to get ready to sell my business. You know that's the right thing for me, which is which is a shame. But as long as customers remain at the heart of you know what consolidators are doing in acquiring those businesses, I think that's a good thing because at the end of the day, if the clients continue to receive advice, then that's great. But it's also looking at communities, those those large regional firms who are starting to grow, who can start to bring in maybe smaller advisors as well to help and support them with costs. But um, I don't think we're going to see a let up from the regulator at this point. Ah, oh, well, uh, not much we can do about that. Uh, but fascinating insights there from the barometer and fascinating inf insights uh, from you too, Jamie. Thank you very much. That is it from this Embark mini pod. My grateful thanks to Jamie Druitt, Group Head of Distribution at Embark Group. And I'll be back with more mini pods. I'm Roger Hearing for now. 
thanks for listening and goodbye.